It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Hey everybody and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 3 of Survivor Winners at War. My name is Mike Bloom. The fantasy of season 40 has become a reality. A harsh and sad reality, but a reality nonetheless. We are here to both mourn Ethan's on, celebrate the catching of a shark, and do much, much more as we break down yet another great week of Survivor 40. Let's bring in the panel to Get it done. First and foremost, as always, the co-owner of the B&B, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? Well, I'm coming to you live from my bunker. It started as a survivor bunker. It's now a doomsday bunker as we have to face the reality of our faves being voted out of winners at war. What's the nearest bunker near you? And are people liable to hop into your bunker with you? (laughs) No one can come into my bunker. I have only enough shark to feed myself and only enough ash to cover my body. Need I sneak into another bunker? Well, I was going to say, we caught somebody sneaking into the B&B this week, and she doesn't even need to sneak in because she is a very, very welcome guest. We're so happy to welcome back to the B&B from season 35, where this season's wild card Ben Dreebergen hails from Rourke Luskin. Welcome back. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? I mean, I know nothing of bunkers, just as Ethan um, does. So <laughs> I cannot I cannot um, I cannot speak to that lifestyle. That's okay. I actually have something to confess. It's more of a metaphorical bunker. Well, I, I know that's why like I love how Jeff was like really trying to make it happen. And Ethan just goes, it's like, no. Nah. I was I was so confused because, look, I surprise, surprise, have had no military experience. I thought a bunker was like a covered facility. Like, I feel like what Ben was talking about was a foxhole, not a bunker. Right. Oh, wow. (laughs) Interesting point. I mean, far be it for me to question the vernacular of the former Marine. But that that's what I thought he was describing. Isn't I thought a bunker is a thing underground. They are mostly I just Googled military bunker. Um, yeah, there, there are mostly underground block houses are above ground, <laughs> which oh is boy. not a bunker. So that's oh a boy. different thing. Okay. You know what? I feel like we've opened up a bunker full yeah. of things you don't necessarily want to dig into. Is that what one of the B's stands for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We're renaming the, the B and B. It's the bunker and bequeath here yeah. on reality TV or half ups. <laughs> oh Lord. I'll bequeath you a bunker. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's not open that whole can of worms. Rourke, I'm so excited to to have you back for this monumental season. Give us give us the updates. What's been going on with you and what have your thoughts been about season 43 episodes in? Um, I've been so I'm in law school, so I've just been like busier than normal. And I think that my um, 
my television consumption is exclusively on my phone while I like make coffee in the morning, um, which is not like the best way to consume media. But I'm I doing feel the best like I can. isn't there a platform that's coming out that people are like that was is pimped out exclusively as like you can watch it on your phone yeah, and really should only I be enjoyed on your phone. Right. Yes. The Maybe? one that's got the sh- it's like the short 10 minute videos mm-hmm. or whatever they're meant yeah. to be. Is it phone or is it? I thought it was just short amounts of time. It's for your phone. They're actually filmed in vertical. Oh, isn't Sasha Velo- like somebody's tied to it that we know, Mike. Quibi put so well, much no. money into it. Quibi. Ooh, what a stupid name. It's <laughs> such a bad name. <laughs> I believe I th- I think the Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot might be through Quibi. Like that's how I what? think about it. Oh wow. Oh okay. Yeah, of course, Quibi, the platform that will bring back Legends of the Hidden Temple. I feel like a mm. lot of people hold that really near and dear. I do love think, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you think if if CBS ever gives up Survivor, do you think it might find a new life on Quibi if it's done in ten? People are complaining about the episode lengths now. I don't know if ten minute episodes of Survivor could work. Wait, aren't they normal episode length? I thought they were shorter. No, 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 not Quibi. Current Survivor episode. Oh, length. yeah, they're normal. Yeah. Okay. Good. People yeah, are no, complaining no, it's, about it's, an hour-long show. Yeah, I think people are saying they want more, not necessarily oh, they want right. less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's like <laughs> too long. It's Survivor. <laughs> I was like, chill out. They have so much story to tell. There are three different like islands right now. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's it. Yeah, that's a that seems to be common. I think from every everywhere, the casuals and uh, and all the types of fans, what just want longer, like more content, you know, longer episodes. Also, by the way, Mike, it's Sasha Velour that has uh, something on Quibi. Oh, nightgowns with Sasha Velour. Yes, yeah. there's also uh, killing Zach Efron. What interesting title, and and also Gloop World. Sure. What. Is I know that world. Um, Sophie Turner has a contract with them. I know she's oh. doing something. Mm. Hmm. Looks like they're doing. Uh, they're also doing TV series versions of Varsity Blues and How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. So what fun ahead! Yeah, I exactly. highly recommend. I can't speak to Quibi, but I can speak to TikTok, and I highly recommend it. Um, but I feel like we're very off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what fun ahead indeed um i'm really enjoying season 40 i will say that um i am not a fan of the edge of extinction as a twist Mm -hmm. but i'm enjoying like natalie being on it um Mm. i'm enjoying like her as a person and what she is doing (laughs) but um yeah i don't i I don't love it as a as a uh mechanism but um well well, i think right now work we're gonna have there's a whole community of people or at least a subset of them being like oh thank god for edge of extinction because now ethan zahn has not left our screens permanently yeah that's fair um i think that like he so my friend um from high school went to the like boston watch party on wednesday Mm-hmm. Oh, the Michelle and Jeremy one? Yes. And she sent me a video of everybody reacting to Ethan's vote out. And it was like somebody like shot their dog. <gasps> it, it was so extreme. It was insane. Why are you laughing, Mike? It's not funny. Well, I think it's not it's not funny. But it just reminds me of when Malcolm got voted yeah. out of Game Changers. And that's to the point where someone actually tweeted me being like, Okay, where's the video of you pointing and laughing and Ethan getting voted out, which I did not do. I was very sad. Okay, I have a heart, people. 
I just enjoy chaos, and this was not chaos. This was sadness. Yeah, uh, Rourke was that. That was Jeremy and Michelle's watch party. Mm-hmm. Was it that one? So I also heard that they were apparently pretty sheepish when they came out, like after, because everybody was so upset because oh, oh, they, they voted them out. Yeah. Wow. So they, had, they had to provide. I mean, essentially, they provided the context for why they chose Ethan, which was that Michelle wanted to work with Parv and Jeremy wanted to work with Boston Rob, and so okay. like removing Ethan kind of freed the two of them up to at least work together as two pairs. So that was their logic behind it. But yeah, wow, the horse's a, mouth. I yeah. love that. Um, but apparently very, uh, it was a gut punch. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it was. And I really like this episode overall, especially on a rewatch work. I know you talked about cramming all this content into one quibby like length of episodes, but I feel like this episode did a really great job. I know that, I think in retrospect, or at least at the time, Ethan was a very WTF boot. But I think when you look back on especially like the post-immunity challenge havoc from Sele, mm-hmm. once again, on top of the comedy of the shark attack, you even have some strategy going on on the Red Tribe with, you know, Sandra versus Tyson. There was just so much going on in this episode, plus Edge of Extinction, plus Sarah's whole solid snake attempt to to get an advantage that I thought they were able to pretty much accomplish everything. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that you filled that in, Liana, because I sort of have ruminated on it personally, and I still thought that poverty on paper might have been the better option here, just because if you want to weaken this triad, I feel like she's the, the connector between Rob and Ethan. But I think you bring up a really enlightening point in that if Michelle and Jeremy are the determiners here, and they specifically want to work with Parvati and Rob, then Ethan makes that much more sense. Yeah, and I think there was something else about how Ethan was super, super tight to the two of them, and they felt like they could never pull Ethan away, whereas with the other two, they felt that they were more malleable. So mm-hmm. I think that there, there was definitely some logic behind that. I mean, as there always is, sure. uh, but they, they were able to articulate that, which I think was nice. That's great. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was a tough episode for people, like, I, from a reception perspective behind, like, Michelle and Jeremy. I know Adam has like deactivated his social media for a little bit because mm-hmm. he was just getting so. I mean, listen, I really hope I'm not like actually giving a message to people who are listening. I hope everyone realizes this because it's common sense. But like, if you are actually making personal attacks against players for going against your favorites, I think you need to step away from the phone for a little while. Like, please, please, people. Do not do this because it just brings much more negativity and unnecessary negativity at that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No personal attacks, like personal attacks are super unacceptable. Regardless. Most like (laughs) 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Mike, to go back to your point about the edit, like the the episode and how there was so much content going on, I will have to say when I was rewatching and then I got to the scene where Sandra was get, or um, Sarah was going to sneak into the other tribe, I completely forgot that that had happened. There was just so much going on and how they were able to get everything into the episode is like beyond me. I do wish that maybe there was a, a little bit less time dedicated to things like that. Um fishing at the edge of extinction and more to just watching the players interact with one another. My favorite thing, even though so much happened in this episode is when it's on um, the red tribe, when Tony is retelling the story of the shark and, and Tyson goes, so you think he was playing dead? 
And then Tony is like, yeah, but I, you know, I had to bring him up on land. And Tyson goes, well, you know, the key to a shark bite is to get the shark on land. Tony goes, yeah, I know I did that. Tony's like, or Tyson's like, oh, well, so good. It's just the interactions. That was a terrible retelling, but go back and watch it. The interactions between the the cast is just so amazing. And I want to see more of that if I had to pick one quibble, but overall Mm -hmm. the season's been so fun. It's interesting because at this point from a storytelling perspective, I am moving away less so from give us less edge of extinction and honestly give us less advantage of the week. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's what I've sort mm-hmm. of settled on is that, you know, I think there is some interesting stuff going on with edge of extinction. I think bringing Ethan there from a story perspective is going to be very interesting given as he talked about his own journey. But I think that, you know, the Sarah stuff, while interesting, relatively, I don't know, this is the second time we've seen this in two seasons. I think we've all realized by now that there's a little to no chance that she's really going to get caught. If so, like, I, I think it's, it's fine because people assume that production's moving around in the middle of the night anyway. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, it was a bit of a time suck in that regard, but it wasn't directly linked to the edge of extinction. You know, they only spent, I think, five minutes at the edge of extinction. And I just think now with the mountain building of advantages, with introducing one every week, I think that it's it's causing a couple of different problems, both from a storytelling perspective and just from like a pure memory perspective and trying to remember what everybody has at this point. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Their inventories are confusing. <laughs> That's why they have those big bags. So they can keep yeah, everything. Those bags are huge. Yeah, they're huge. They're ugly. And they yeah. still think they're ugly. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think that that's a, a good point because I I agree with that sort of recognizing, OK, what I actually liked about the Edge of Extinction is sort of what Rourke alluded to was seeing Natalie on the Edge of Extinction, but mainly how she interacts with the other players, how she's, you know, trying to smash the shells so that Danny and Amber can't figure out how to so get the, fun. like that was cool. But that's all about the players interacting with one another. And sort of emphasizing that element I think is really important but Sarah calling Ben some guy was maybe worth it I thought that that was hilarious <laughs> and her interacting with Tony again it's the interacting with the cast and and that's oh. just so fun yeah that that was pretty damn good I, I didn't know how we'd be able to outdo Sandra showing Vince the art of you know uh, subtlety last season with her standing in front of a big palm frond I was sad that Sandra didn't get that opportunity this time but to have a Sarah and to have Tony be her like makeup artist slash like what was it Q or M from James Bond who provides like the gadgets by spreading the charcoal on her head. Mm-hmm. I also thought for a while I had to turn on closed captioning. Tony has this affect where I could have sworn the first couple times I watched that scene that he said chocolate instead of charcoal. So I was very <laughs> confused. <laughs> oh my god. Where would they have gotten chocolate? I I thought that Tony thought that the charcoal was chocolate, which would have provided even more questions. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say, that's that's a fundamental misunderstanding. Do not eat that. (laughs) Yeah. So it would answer a lot of questions. Very true. Well, let's get into some of our uh, tried and true B&B traditions. And unfortunately, we have to bring the topic back to the man who got booted here, Ethan Zahn. Probably one of the most shocking boots from like a widespread perspective I can remember in recent memory. Just from, I think from a position perspective, everyone thought Ethan was in a good place. From a likability perspective, I talked about this on a previous podcast. I think he has one of the highest approval ratings of any Survivor mm-hmm. player ever. So, Liana, all that being said, how did you think Ethan was going to fare preseason considering his long hiatus from the game? 
So I said that Ethan was, would be an all-around charismatic presence on the season, but is voted out because he's so damn likable. He tries to trade fire tokens for a goat to trade the goat for food and wants to adapt to modern Survivor by finding an idol, but accidentally ends up teaching the locals how to play soccer. And he would have... 407 fire tokens. Oh boy. Oh, we misunderstood the currency system. 100%. And, or should I say, you know. 400 fire tokens. Where did we please store them? I I don't know. That's that's like that that TikTok thing. Speaking of Rourke's new favorite platform of like, have you seen this with like the one grain of rice to represent $100,000 and like what Jeff Bezos' net worth is? You've estimated that in fire tokens, essentially, Liana. Here's the thing. In retrospect, I should should have thought through the logistics of a human being having 407 <laughs> fire tokens because that's not just one of those big ass bags that's several bags full of fire tokens maybe i don't know if i thought they would get them on a card and it was like you know they got credit and then it goes to the fire token bank i don't know uh but yes it, it's gonna get it, it's gonna get worse before it gets better All right. And then for the ally and the enemy, his ally was everyone because they love him. But his enemy was also everyone because they loved him. Ooh, double edged sword there. Uh, So I said Ethan would be the most loyal member of his alliance. I said he would win at least two individual challenges and that he would get brought on the most rewards. I said he would get 10 fire tokens that he would be given bequeathed a lot of them. I said he'd had about 45 confessionals. His closest ally would be Adam and his worst enemy would be Ben. Oh, interesting. I don't know if his, you know, the whole scene with Adam trying to work with Ethan, that was really interesting because I think for Ethan to then just say, no, of course, I'm super loyal to Parv. I would never flip on her. I would never turn on her. And then Adam, you know, trying to recognize that everything is so fluid. I think that that was just a really great example of sort of old school versus new school mentalities and how they play the game. Yeah, Rourke, what did you make of Adam in this episode? Because, I mean, it was, it, this whole, these, this season so far has been so Adam-focused, I think, because Sally's gone to tribal council so much. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he was obviously front and center <clears throat> trying to put himself front and center and really trying to make this plan happen yet to, I guess, sort of have his cake and eat it too in keeping Rob and Ethan close to him while cutting their closest ally. And obviously he pays for it. Right. Um, So another um, show that I'm a big fan of is British Love Island. And um, they are doing a winter season for the first time ever, which has concluded in, um, airing in Europe, but it's still on uh, coming to us in on Hulu. And there's a character on it named uh, Mike, who sort of he went through a phase where like he got broken up with and then sort of was like quickly going to like a bunch of different women and like putting feelers out. And just like Mike, I would say that Adam is like they call um, they say he's moving mad. <laughs> and I would say that Adam is moving mad. Um, moving that, mad. Is yeah. that what it's, OK, moving yeah. mad. OK. And um, I think that that is what is happening where um, I do think that it's it's you know, what do I know? But like, I think it's just a little too early to be that tricky. Um, And I think that he. You know, I think that what's tough is also like. If you think about, you know, if you take a step back and think about like edge like edge and whatever Mm -hmm. people are into all of these people have had 
the best of that, right? And now 19 of them are going to get what the rest of us have gotten. And um, so I think that like a lot of people are feeling for the first time, sort of like, not just what it feels like to maybe be left out of a vote, but then recover, but truly to like sort of do something a little boneheaded. And um, so I think that that is a part of what's happening here too. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because you go in with, you know, your perspective on the game. And I think taking the moment to be, I don't know if empathy is necessarily the right word, but to recognize how other people are playing. I think Jamal was the one who talked about, you know, what do I think they think about the way I think about the way they think, you know? Yeah, it's the the princess bride method. Yes, exactly. And so you don't want to get poisoned. So you're trying to figure out exactly how people are perceiving you. And I think that that's really challenging. And I think Adam took a really interesting approach to the game. I think it was really creative. I think it was really bold. But unfortunately, the people that he was playing with i mean that's just not gonna fly mm-hmm. right and rob brings that up too right like you've seen me play mm-hmm. why do you think i would respond in this way which i think also you know obviously the question has been begged from the survivor community of why are they still keeping boston rob in the game especially after eliminating his wife on the other tribe and honestly from my perspective if i was one of those players i want to keep boston rob around because boston rob has one of the most predictable play styles out there like, say what you want to about Rob's success pattern, but he plays the exact same way every single time. That's and a great point. Talk, and Yule talks about it in this episode that I think, you know, when you're looking at the game from a very analytical perspective, rationality, or at least predictability... No, predictability is, to, is so important. Yeah, especially in a game where there are so many other variables. You can at least count on the fact that you know how Boston Rob is going to play. So I can understand wanting to keep him around just because... Yeah, he may screw up on the puzzles and yeah, you know, he has might have wife and friends on the other tribe. But also, I know exactly how he's going to act in this situation, which makes Adam's decision to do what he did even more questionable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Well, Rook, I would love to, before we get into the games, love to get your take because we haven't had somebody on, obviously, who has played with one of the winners. What's been your take on Ben so far? And specifically, what's been your take on him being called out as this wild card of the tribe? Like, do you feel like that's an appropriate naming for him? Um, I don't I, I mean, I don't think he was a wild card on 35, frankly. Like he had a lot of idols and that sort of added this, as we were saying, this like ingredient of unpredictability to how things were going to go. But I don't think that makes him a wild card it's not like he was swaying you know to and fro he just happened to have something that like blew up a lot of plans a lot of the time um and so i don't think i don't think he is a person as a wild card um i'm glad that his like head seems to be in the right place in terms of um you know we had that confession from him um not this episode but maybe want to go I don't think it was the premiere um where he said you know like I really want to like work on my social game because like he really survived by sort of the skin of his teeth and those idols and so I think his um I think he knows what his like points to work on are um I think his relationship to Rob reminds me a little bit of his relationship to Joe Mm. where um they are both just like intense like alpha people who want to almost like play a similar game. And so there's just like not a lot of space for both of them. Um, and so I, I am like, cons- he's so clearly, you know, 
is not enjoying being there with Rob um, that I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But no, I love Ben team Ben. Let's go. I'm very, I'm very happy to see him playing again. And I'm excited for him to come to LA in May and get to see him. Well, that's a really interesting comparison. Uh, And I think it's really apt. It's been so interesting to see Boston Rob go for, or uh, Ben go from, oh my gosh, Boston Rob, you know, um, (laughs) and then now to be like, I hate that guy. Yeah. (laughs) I want that guy gone. Yeah. The, uh, the luster wore off real fast. Yeah, exactly. Real quick. Well, there was an interesting quote in this episode where to your point, Rourke, he started talking about Rob and he's like, I just got to like, keep my temper in check it's like i just can't stand being around that guy and i will say that i think one of the weaker qualities of ben's game during your season was the fact that he did lose his temper a couple times including that aforementioned conflict with joe Mm -hmm. when joe made up the fact that he had you know sworn on his uh, on his military service so i don't know if uh you know i know that ben is really trying to become like a new trying to reinvent himself as a survivor player. But I wonder if that tiger stripes is going to show depending on how much Rob sort of hangs around in his presence. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it'll be, and you know, as uh, hunger and sleeplessness builds up, those things tend to become harder to control. So as time passes, it will be more difficult in every dimension. Yeah, very true. All right. Uh, shall we get into the games, Liana? Yes. Okay. Let's play our first game. I went to the casuals corner to find out what the casuals on the survivor Facebook page had to say about this episode. Now we knew from our preseason coverage that the casuals were very, very excited about Ethan. Uh, so Uh-oh. I was really interested. Yeah. To hear uh, what they have to say. So what I've done is I have pulled uh, comments from the Facebook page, uh, our casuals corner, and uh, we'll go back and forth between the two of you. Three, I will read you four quotes. Three of them are from the Facebook page and the fourth one I wrote. So it is up to you to try to guess which one is not like the other, which is the one that is not from the Facebook page. So So Mike, yes. Before we get into it, because I just want to ask a general question, because obviously like super fan community, super high on Winners at War, three episodes in and it's always interesting to sort of match up how the casuals are feeling in general compared to the more entrenched community are we on the same page as the casuals for these first few episodes yes uh one contestant did say so far so great hashtag best season ever don't at me oh boy so i think that there is a lot of love for the season in general of course they're always going to have their complaints but overall the majority of the comments are oh my god what a great season love the season love the season love the season so i think we're all kind of on the same page in terms of we're definitely here for the season because I know that hopefully they won over the people that are like, stop bringing back winners. We want to well, see Ozzy and Rupert again. Uh-oh. <laughs> they're they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, there's a few of them still there. But in general, I think there's a lot of love for what's going on with Survivor right now. Well, I think we found a new Ozzy slash Rupert. Her name is Danny. She's catching all those fish now. That's right. Don't you see? Danny is Rupert. What? <laughs> Finally. Finally. It's been revealed Rupert was in along. your heart all along. <laughs> yeah. Aww. They seem to have made a stylistic choice to do like much closer to the mm-hmm. face um talk like confessionals on Edge of Extinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so it, oh yeah. go ahead. Well that's I mean that's something actually that they did the the first time. So I'm really okay. curious to hear I your thoughts know that. on Sorry. it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, no, I'd love so, to hear your thoughts on it because yeah, they, 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 they really tried to, especially the first time around, differentiate between like 
life on the edge of extinction versus life in the game. So that was a stylistic choice that carried over. But as someone experiencing it for the first time, I would love to hear your thoughts on just how out of nowhere that came. It's interesting because there is something about the closer shots that make everyone look more deranged. <laughs> their, their eyes look big. Their hair is a like there was one where I was like, oh, Danny needs help. Like this is a cry for help. This is a crazy person. Yeah, like, like this idea. Insane. Yeah, you can make the headcanon that like they're grabbing the camera and like pulling them close to their faces, be like, help me. Yeah, please. Exactly. Well, I mean, obviously you guys are unkempt out there, right? That's not a secret. Oh, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. playing Survivor. But maybe that is was a choice from the very beginning. We gotta film real far away from these people because it's just too much. I know in H I like had it I broke out horribly. Like my skin has never been worse. And I literally like I would kill myself. Like with on H D, <laughs> I couldn't. I can't oh my god it's yeah it's it's intense and you just feel like well like i gotta back up like i need to scoot my couch back somehow yeah that's like when oh like when my dad takes pictures yes. he always holds it like he moves i'm like can you step back like, maybe maybe that's so what they close? they they recruited all their expert camera people to film the contestants on the island and so like they have the c team come out and it's like all of these people are like all right i guess i can I think I moved the zoom in a little too far, but we'll keep going. <laughs> it's everybody's oh dad out there filming. <laughs> That's exactly how all, all those right, pictures dad are. Dad squad, come on out and yeah. film on Edge of Extinction. <laughs> right. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, well, let's get into our game. So Mike, this first question is going to be for you. And uh, these comments are all about Boston Rob. Hey, what did Jeff say? Boston poop emoji is going to win. <laughs> Laughy face emoji season need better actors. What <laughs> season need better actors? <laughs> That's the same comment better than boston poop emoji yeah i have you oh my god boston poop emoji it's crazy b you know for a bunch of winners they're also a bunch of dummies may as well hand that check to rob right now c boston rob wins this whole thing if not it will be the first time in my life i was wrong <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> first I time I, I would like to challenge that premise, but okay. I would also like that person to play the lottery immediately because apparently they have a 99.9% success rate in their life. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, no, 100% so far. Yeah. So far, yeah. So far. We don't, yeah, we don't know. But, uh, and uh, D, pretty impressive cast. I just, I just know I do not want Boston Bob to win, parentheses, or wife Ashley. <laughs> Okay, that one's just so insane. I can't quite decide. Okay. Oh, wife Ashley. Poor wife Ashley. Voted out in the second episode. That's so sad. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, right. what do you think? I'm going to discount A and D uh, just because I feel like they're yeah. a little too off the beaten path, even by Liana's standards. I'm going to say you wrote B. So that was a good guess, but no, D is the correct answer. Now, 
Wife Ashley, unfortunately, did not come from my brain. So this was actually uh, Travis reached out to me on Twitter. And apparently his great aunt messaged him that (laughs) it's a pretty impressive cast. I just know I do not want Boston Bob to win or wife Ashley. And it was just (laughs) too good not to share. So it's a little bit of a trick question. (laughs) Wait, so is Amber slash Ashley's title wife? Like Rob's title is Boston Rob. She's wife, wife Ashley. Wife Ashley. I don't think so, but I would like that to be the case. The, the uh, WA rules. Yes, that, that's what Travis's great aunt has just concocted in her brain is the case. But she is apparently uh, described as a super casual. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. I really would like to watch with her. <laughs> Yeah, right? Just to get her perspective on everything. Totally. I also can't believe the person who has been completely right in every decision that they made so far (laughs) in their life was not you. (laughs) I mean, obviously, all my decisions are correct, but that's why I picked the comment. It just felt, I channeled me, you know, I just felt the energy. (laughs) All right, Rourke, this question is for you, and these comments are all about Sandra. Okay. A, Sandra, shark, bloop, bloop. Bloop, 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 bloop. All right, B, fair enough. Sandra is smart to sit out on the challenges. No chance of being hurt and saving her energy for her brain. That's C, how that works. Sandra is so lazy. Why is she not <sighs> taking part in any of the challenges? Lazy. <laughs> or D, why does Susan sit every challenge out? Aren't no. they supposed to alternate? <laughs> Oh, no, is that Travis's great aunt rearing her head again? (laughs) Okay, so I have to think, like, it's really tempting to go D now, I guess, because I feel like you've sort of, like, cued me up for that. But I'm and so I I guess, like, shame on me for not going for it. Um, But for some reason, my gut is just like calling to see the just like the lazy call outs it it feels like something that you could have written i'm gonna go see now you didn't fall for my ruse d was not correct but unfortunately it wasn't c either it was actually a what uh (laughs) yeah sandra shark bloop 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 bloop. (laughs) what yeah so leona is the writer of that can i ask what onomatopoeia is that are those bubbles is that i think it's doo doo isn't it yeah, well, the actual song is do 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 do. I hate this song yeah, so, so much. I, I, so, what, I so what is the the bloop? Is that is that Boston poop emoji falling into the water? Oh boy, oh boy, aqua dumps. No, I think it's just it's bubbles. I think that makes the most sense. I don't know, Mike. It was it was late, and I was it was after the Drag Race uh, premiere, and I was trying to write these. So lazy Liana with her poor sounds. Lazy. <laughs> who knows what goes on in my mind? Yeah, I like she's so lazy. Lazy. Yeah, that's like very. Okay. That's that's like a very Trumpy vibe. Yeah, very, exactly. Yeah. Could have been. All right, Mike. This question is for you, and these uh, comments are about. I'm sorry. Who? Oh, no. Yeah, I don't look. I don't know. Hey, I'm a little behind. Dot, dot, dot. Where is Cochran? Oh, boy. <laughs> Me. You're, Wait, you're why, why did you pronounce it that way? How is that spelled? Uh, C-O-C-K space there we go. R-A-N. Oh, OK. Wow. So they turned his name into a command or a, or a sentence. <laughs> yeah, the past tense, though. <laughs> All right. B. I hope Natasha makes it back from Edge Island. Oh, no. 
Was was Nick evacuated off the island? I've seen him three times since the season started. That's, that's actually, actually very, a fair question. Very apropos. I mean, I think he had, from what I've read, the shortest confessional in Survivor history, which is just him screaming for yeah. half a second. I loved the discussion that's going on. People debating whether or not that counts as a confessional. Oh my god! Like you, oh, this is this is what this yeah. is where the Survivor community has gotten in 2020, and I love it. Oh my god, it's so funny. I don't know. Nick could be a winner contender. He did have a confessional in every episode. Right. It was just him yelling, but it counts. Okay. All right. The last comment we have here is D. Should have gotten rid of Rob or Pavarotti. How dumb are <laughs> oh. they? Sandra well, no can wonder. go also. I mean, I think you can't get rid of Pavarotti. He has such beautiful pipes. He's going to keep you entertained all night. Right, exactly. You know, people, you got to keep people you want to be around. And if having a singer there, I think that would be really helpful. Had you not just said I mean, A, I would have said A would be typical you, Liana, with Cox Place Ran. But I don't think it's that. I'm going to say you went with Natasha B on the edge. That is correct. Nice. Trying to go for those fake names again, but, you know, it can only go so far. I liked Edge Island as well. I was trying to come up with, like, what's a stupid name for the uh, the Edge Island or whatever? What's it called? Edge of Extinction? No. Yeah, Edge Island or Extinction Island. Extinction Island, yes. Oh, yes. oh it's not. Okay. Wow. I don't know. We're still trying to figure yeah. it out. It's a, it's a place of many names, apparently. Love it. A place of many names. All right, Rourke. Uh, this topic is, I'm sorry, say what? These are well titled. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, I live the show, but I say that Jeff says way too much to crash the players. Just my opinion. To crash the players? Classic IMHO. It's fine. (laughs) That's why this is titled, I'm sorry, say what? All right, B. Even though they vote someone off, they really are not gone. They're just transferred to the island. They are not (laughs) they are not really out of gone. Now what? Wait, they're not really out of gone? Game, I think. I think they were saying game. Or gone. Do we know? (laughs) They're not out of gone. Wait, did it end with now what? Now what? That's yeah. what that ended with. They just Good said, question. now what? They go to edge, go to the edge, the other island, and they're not out of game. Yeah, but then what? If they're not out of gone, then what? It's a valid question. <laughs> See? All right. See, I think they should have an over 65 season where we, old ones, all sit around a campfire and tell stories about how when we were young and for challenges, <laughs> like what town were you born in, etc. Hard stuff, you know? <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Wait, okay. Can we take a second to break this, down this proposition? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Survivor time. over 65. Yes. It sounds like it's not really a game of voting each other off as much as everyone. It basically sounds like a bunch of icebreakers. No, this is, is a retirement home in Fiji. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like that the, the challenges are what town you were born in. Yeah, like, is it? Are you recalling other people's, or are you recalling your own? You're not even recalling. There's a correct answer. If you were born in, (laughs) can't know how everybody wins. (laughs) Right, lol. Uh, But yes, 
Did you know they're doing a geriatric bachelor? I heard about that. Are they really? Yeah. So maybe this person knows about that. How exciting. They're doing that and they're doing, they're also doing like a bachelor for like musical people. Yes. So like they're really opening the skies to many different types of people underneath this umbrella. Do you think they will bring some of the geriatric people onto like bachelor in paradise and sort of like mix, have like sort of a May, December romance. Mm. And then they're really going to be like, they'll just want to be like, all right, where's everybody from? And then that'll be their big challenge. <laughs> the challenge. Where is that person from? Lol. I'm from Klingon. Oh boy. This is my old man accent. Oh god. I've like forgotten yep. A already. But Just tell me clock, B. Clock, that's what I'm gonna sound like in like fifty years. Mark it down. <laughs> Uh, a just to remind you was uh, Jeff says way too much to crash, oh, right, the, to players. crash the players. Just okay. my opinion. Oh, God, this is this uh, is hard. <laughs> all right, well here's D. Let me give you D. Okay. Nope. All right. This episode reminds me of the movie Hitch when Will Smith was standing in the rain and he was sad. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that is so esoteric. Oh, oh my god why do you do this to me you make oh. me, you ask me to come do this with you and now you do it. there was no rain in this episode was it, i guess were they talking about like ethan going were they talking about the big standoff that happened what scene is comparable to will smith <laughs> looking sad in the rain in the movie hitch maybe they were describing their own emotions ah uh, yeah i think that i i could believe that because yeah, i don't think it rained at all like you said no rain hmm. looks lovely Oh boy. Um, okay, we've got Crash, we've got Gone Now What, we've got the elderly, and we've got um, Hitch. This is uh, honestly roll a die. Like, I cannot decide. I'm uh, so sorry. It's totally fine. Um, I'm going to go with B. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was D. Darn it. <laughs> um, it was so weird. Yeah. Well, so I watched the Drag Race premiere while I was pulling these comments, and then the movie Hitch was on after the Drag Race premiere on VH1, and that was where I got the idea for that comment. So. Yeah, I'm reading, a, I'm reading a Pinterest quote. One moment you're gliding along, the next moment you're standing in the rain watching your life fall apart, and that's apparently from Hitch. Uh, That's so yeah. bleak. Well, there was a moment in the beginning of no spoiler alert for the movie when he was in the rain and he was sad because his girlfriend that he loved in college was making out with another person. And so that's what caused him to become Hitch. I guess so. Just like the Batman Begins of Hitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His like story, you know, it's like founded in heartbreak and stuff. Yeah, yeah. His origin story. Yeah. Mm, so you think like it, it, maybe Adam will be so heartbroken next episode that he'll become his own like form of a survivor superhero. And this was his origin story. Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. His name uh, will be Mr. Married. Their marriage. Oh, and I have to do the hand motion at the same time. <laughs> like it's just it's not possible to say it without the hand motion of the two puppets kissing. Okay. That's what I pick. That's what I picture. All right, Mike. This question is for you, and this topic is hopefully. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. A. I knew Ethan was gone because his name wasn't mentioned one time. Oh, get out! You're not that good of a wow. Stop. Is this, is this the person who's above. right 100 percent of the time? Yeah, it could be. 
And uh, his name was mentioned a few times. So sorry, brah. All right, B. I hope they vote you off, Jeff, a.k.a. Dr. Phil. (laughs) Wow, shots fired. Is that because of like the dating conversation? I have no idea. I think Dr. Phil does be fake. I don't trust you anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't know. What an insult. C. Ben dances like a bowl of porridge. Oh. How dare you? What? (laughs) D. Ugh. That vote was the pits. D does kind of sound like you. (laughs) It does sound like a very Liana-like thing to say. We've had a lot of D. Just so you know. A lot of D. Statistically. Yeah. In the game as well. Uh, (laughs) So. Okay. So I don't think you'd write. Maybe you would write that Ben moves like a bowl of porridge because that makes no sense. Uh, does not evoke an image for me. I'm gonna go with Jeff. Doctor Phil was B. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I'm oh, gonna mean, say B. Yeah. Okay. No, because the answer is not correct. But yes, Jeff. Yeah, I tricked <laughs> me. Doctor Phil. Ah, psych. Uh, no, I wrote C. Ben dances like a bowl. Oh, of porridge. you were so close. <laughs> so close, Mike. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a feeling. I'm trying to pick out the the Boris signature. Mm. I suppose. Do you, do you actually have an image in mind that evokes that, or did you just come up with a random food? Uh, I, I guess because he's stirring the bowl of porridge, maybe with his boots, like when he he steps. I don't, no, I have no idea. Mm. I have no also, idea. special thanks of- to uh, special thanks to Once Upon an Island on Twitter for doing our dirty work and mashing up Ben's dancing with achy breaky heart and made my day. Oh yeah, that was so good. I was thinking Santa with like the bowl full of jelly. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't get the. I I I like that. I can't make the leap. That at least gives lends some logic to thought process. And he he does have a big beard like Santa. Yeah, he's they're essentially the same person. All right, Rourke. So this is the final question. If you get this one right, we have a tie. I can live with that. This is also potpourri. Okay. A, do you ever feel like the key to finding idols or anything else is to just look for the cameramen and search around them? Nope, that's not how it works, but going on. <laughs> B, I want to have, can we have a subset where work directly responds to the yes, casuals? I would just read them off to you. <laughs> then we'll just do that instead for next time. All right, B. Why can't they just buy more tokens? Do they know about inflation? <laughs> I just like the concept. Yeah, get- Somebody just, pre- you know, like, I'm going to print my own money. I'm just going to print my own token. Yeah, that's you how you also get 407. Know that, that person is the asshole, like, I wish for more wishes. <laughs> <laughs> get it? <laughs> All right. C. Let them survive in the Alps, the middle of Wyoming. Something changed the venue already. <laughs> wow. What a what a real pick of the litter of these locations, either the Alps or the middle of Wyoming. Yeah. Um, I would actually so they're never gonna do it, and I understand why, but like I actually think a snow season would be legit, like X on the peak. That would be really cool. Or like I- the winter version of Love Island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they they were in South Africa, so it was warm. Oh, okay. Well, uh, but yeah, middle of Wyoming, I think, is the, you know, if you're going to make a list of places you'd like to see Survivor filmed, middle of Wyoming is 
like right up there. All right. Uh, that or- sounds like Kid Nation vibes. Oh, yes. Very Kid Nation. Ooh, that's the opposite of Survivor 65 plus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And D. I went to Twitter to see people talking about Sarah sneaking into the other tribe's camp, but she got in and out of the camp and I didn't see one thing about it on Twitter. I don't know where they're looking because there was a lot of talk about it. (laughs) I like that this person was on Facebook, went to Twitter to go find very specific content, did not find it, and then went back to Facebook to complain about Twitter. Right. That's, this is why this Facebook's better than Twitter, guys. Search terms. Yeah, we right. talk about these things. Twitter doesn't. Twitter's stupid. Twitter's stupid. All right, Rourke, what Nobody. do you think? Ugh, it's a shot in the dark, you guys. Um, okay. Buying more tokens and surviving in the Alps both have me. I'm going to be honest. Um... I feel like look for cameraman is something like they would talk about. Mm-hmm. The Sarah one is like a little roundabout and complicated. Um, I'm hoping that one's real. Um, okay. I'm going to go with B. That is correct. Boom. Yes. Yes. That's what I wrote. Okay. So we are tied and I did not write a tiebreaker because I was watching hitch so <laughs> i got really pulled into it kevin james is in that movie you guys he is he is yeah. wait like are you saying that, that like that it's does... a, like that's a big draw <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> i definitely can't wait for kevin james um no it was just very it was like i haven't seen this movie in forever um is anyway. there a scene where like he has an allergic reaction hitch does and his yes. face swells up or something Yes, it was very creepy the first time I saw the movie and when I rewatched it last night. Um, all right. So congratulations, Rourke. You are the winner of this quiz because you got the last question correct. And that's oh, wow. worth a double points. I so, love the change. Yes, congratulations. Well done. All right. Well, uh, all right. I'm, I'm going okay. to let, I'm gonna okay. let it off the hook okay here. I was okay with I'm, the I'm too busy preparing my next Survivor season of only 65 plus people in the middle of Wyoming. So I think <laughs> Rourke can take the points. I can't, uh, I can't wait for a big money maker for you. <laughs> all your preseason press, Mike. It'll be amazing. Yes. Hosted by me and wife Ashley. And, oh, yes. Wife <laughs> Ashley. So let's talk about the tribe that wife Ashley came from because I don't know if you guys have watched the secret scenes uh, of this season, but the secret scenes this week continue to be so, so much fun. There's one where after winning the challenge, these basically all the secret scenes are from to the red tribe. Uh, so there's one where they go on a hike after winning a challenge and just winds up with Wendell, Sophie and Sarah, like sitting on this beautiful Fijian hilltop and looking out in this absolutely stunning view of the ocean. There's a, a little bit more to the shark scene where we see them starting to cook things up and they talk about how delicious the feast was. Wendell builds that ring toss game that Boston Ron was playing on the other tribe. Tyson gets his hair done by Sarah. But just watching this and also a tweet from uh, producer Joe Leah mm. brought the, up this question to me. Could this tribe to call be the most entertaining returnee tribe ever? And that's a high bar, right? Because we have the villains tribe. We have Mogo Mogo from Survivor All-Stars, but it seems like this group in particular is just the perfect mixture of personalities. 
Ooh, the villains tribe is really, really challenging to compete with, though. Like, I would say that that that's probably for me the top. But I don't know, Rourke, what do you think? I'm I'm with you because I also like. You know, anything with like. To me, like Tyson is a really essential ingredient Mm -hmm. and you have like. You have coach, you have like Tyson's there, like villains just, yeah, villains. I, I'm going to go with villains, to be honest. I think that there's, a, um, as tends to be with all things, there's obviously some recency bias um, in wanting to call this the best. Um, it's great. I don't deny that, but um, I'm, I'm going to stick with villains. I'm going to go with you, Liana. Yeah, I guess you bring up a point that I think maybe this tribe uh, has more or the, the villains have more like across the board entertainment. Whereas I would say a lot of the, the really crazy fun stuff from DeCall is happening via Tony, mm-hmm. who once again had right. a big feature this episode in him quote unquote, nearly getting his arm bitten off by the shark, which was such a ridiculous display. I really loved it because I think my favorite part was that Tony obviously freaked out when the shark flailed a little bit, but Tony decides to escape the shark by dashing down the beach, forgetting to realize that he's still holding on to said shark. Yeah. So I just I just yeah. love the image of just him. Because it looks like for a second that he's just gonna run into the jungle with that shark, like it's the beginning of game changers. I think Tony is really good at having an initial idea and then not so great about how that plan will uh, unfold exactly the ladder, the shark. I think both things fall under this category of, okay, in theory, yes, you grab the shark. In theory, you make a ladder to get the breadfruit. But then in the actual execution, there's something that goes wrong. That ladder was the funny. I, that was amazing. I loved that so much. And um, I actually do like in general, um, I think there's some overlap here between Survivor and Bachelor, actually, where Survivor is so strategy focused and you you know, you need to tell the story of the outcome of the episode the same way The Bachelor does. Like they both have sort of similar um, narrative structures in a way. But um, the bloopers and like those little moments at the end mm. of The Bachelor where you just mm-hmm. see them actually like laughing together, it's like that's what built a relationship. Just show me that. Don't show me them like talking about how like they're so scarred from like, you know, their parents' divorce or, you know, whatever the the situation is. And not that that isn't valid. It's just like, it's not, that's not what really builds a relationship. And um, I think Survivor is similar in that they want to show the strategy, but like those interstitial times of like, you're bored and you just like have this wacky thing where it's like, this will fill time and like, let's do it. That stuff is really fun for mm. me to see. Like I, I really like that part, but um, I like no, I, the sort of like interpersonal stories a lot. I'm not like strategy obsessed. No, 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 I completely agree. Like I think that slice of life stuff is something that really hooked me from the beginning. I've actually been mm-hmm. rewatching Borneo uh, in preparation for something we're doing with the, with the survivor historians. Oh, and, because it has that documentary-like focus, they, they do more of that. But I feel like there is characterization that comes about through that. And I feel like work from that capacity, you would actually really like Australian Survivor. We certainly have our quibbles with the editing of Australian Survivor, but since they have the length and time, they basically do like a cold open every episode mm. where the tri- a tribe is doing some sort of like goofy thing 
like this one of the most recent episodes they did like a survivors got talent where they hosted a talent show that's of so people cute on the tribe and like it's they always bring it in each and every episode and it's just a really big levity moment to make us all laugh at a character or even see a different side of a person so i totally agree those are some of my favorite favorite scenes to watch on survivor and albeit they're not on the premiere or the televised episode but i'm happy to have it here through secret scenes yeah absolutely yeah, at least we're getting the secret scenes. I think that's been a really nice bonus. And I, I am I just noticing them more this season? Did they have as many secret scenes in previous seasons? They, they I just actually, them? they kicked them up a lot these past two seasons. Like I remember they okay. were, they brought them up a lot more in Island of the Idols. And I think part of it might've been because they relegated a lot of the actual scenes with Rob and Sandra to that. But I'm happy they kicked it up because I think they're really realizing like how much content people are willing to investigate. And they're realizing if CBS is only going to give us 42 minutes and we have all this great stuff, you know, let's try to distribute this content. Speaking of the latter, I do want to ask as someone who has played in Fiji, did you have experience with breadfruit uh, on Soko Beach? No, it's really, it's funny. Um, when they were talking about papaya and they were talking about breadfruit and stuff, I immediately was like, Oh, even numbered seasons. Um, because we, when we filmed it, um, like the odd number seasons, nothing is ripe. Oh no. And so like, there's, there's just absolutely nothing. There are these things that fall that look like fruit, but they decompose into weird, um, like, uh, coarse hair. It's Ew. not a fruit. Yeah. Oh, interesting. They look like crab apples. And they're not. I don't think I've ever told this story, but when I was on set for 39, there was one time when, you know, we were waiting in between interviews uh, in the little like tent where some of the cast was gathered and some of the production people. And I remember I found like a little what looked like a fruit on the on the trail. Uh, and, you know, I just bit into it because oh YOLO and it did not taste very good. So it maybe was I was that. Eating, it was probably Ew. that like pre coarse hair thing. Yep. <laughs> that's gross but you're still alive mike at least you didn't have an I allergic so. reaction like oh that's maybe you're a ghost well, this isn't a hit situation hero. it was probably ah. like a radioactive oh my god that was yes. my origin story yeah what superpowers do you have now uh so many all of them <laughs> all i got all of the bread i have all the powers and now air fruit <laughs> hair fruit that's the magic maybe that's why odd number seasons like look you may not get breadfruit but you get things that give you superpowers so i think uh -huh. it's the good trade-off <laughs> so on the bnb sometimes we just come up with the name of a game and we sort of work backwards from there this is the case here uh liana and i were doing some texting back and forth to figure out what we wanted to do this week and liana just came up with the name rourke shark test and we thought sure. okay We'll figure it out. Is this how much I know about sharks? No. Okay. We, that was definitely a possibility. Zero. Okay. But what we decided to do was combine the B&B &B with another tried and true reality show, Shark Tank. And Amazing. here's how it's going I to love work. Shark Tank. I'm going to bring in a few inventions from Survivor Seasons Past. And <laughs> we're going to discuss a bit the pros and cons of their marketability. And at the end of the day, each of us are going to determine whether we are in or whether we are out. Okay. Do we have to say projects. like how much like the equity structure? Like what? What do we do? Do we have you to do what you do? Whatever the heck you okay. want. Okay. Cool. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to balk at it personally. I'm not. I'm not a business person, so I'm not exactly sure how I, I can challenge you on that. But you go in as much as you want to on this. It is your work shark test. Fabulous. 
Uh, Rourke shark test. That's such a, <laughs> you know, I was like, I, when we were trying to think of what it was, it's like, how do we make it like the Rourke shack test? Like, how do we do blobs of like shapes and describe them for Survivor? But Mike came up with this much better idea. So I'm, I'm looking. No, that's this. that was a good starting point. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It might end up degrading down to like, OK, this is a circle with a little blob it's it's, yeah. it's it's the shape of the hair fruit that gave me my superpowers <laughs> that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> all right so let's start with actually a very pertinent one for this season uh sharks on behalf of tony vlacos today i am presenting to you the llama ladder uh it is the only ladder designed by a cop no breadfruit it's too out of your reach with the llama ladder Liana, give me some discussion here. Well, what do you think about the viability and marketability of Tony's Ladder for wholesale? So I like the name and I like the concept. And I love the tagline. Now, what I'm a little worried about is the quality of the product <laughs> that you've yeah. brought before no, us. Liana, don't worry. Tony I'm designed about it. about the lawsuits. Right. <laughs> yes, we will need quite the legal team uh, if we're going to go in on this product. Well, it's a special Tony Vlacos design patented by him it's the only ladder I was that will say, twi- patented by him yep that'll twist in the wind and will have US- breakaway steps see it's the only customizable ladder where hey if you don't want this step just step on it and it'll break away so i think that's there's no other ladders you can really customize to be your own thing maybe if it's like a breakaway ladder he could market it specifically to um i don't know why my head went here but we're gonna go with it um to like the chippendales you know how they have like those like tearaway clothing and they could have breakaway ladders ladders. (laughs) Ooh, nothing sexier than this hot painters breaking his ladder like a fireman fireman's like a classic trope right yeah, well, because then they could be up on the ladder, it breaks away, and then they slide down the pole. Oh, right? Ooh, let me know. tell you guys, nothing gets my jimmies going better than physical harm. <laughs> like, that's just really gets me pumped yeah you get that like spike of anxiety like oh are they hurt oh no he's so strong he's okay yeah right well that's what it is you know you, there are a lot of emotions get confused so exactly. you just gotta you just gotta get it going you know fear arousal same thing right totally. very good it's also two, si- two sides you know? of the same fire token absolutely yeah uh i love this idea i love this idea if we can remarket for our our magic mike type chippendale dancers yes a small Smaller market, of course, but this might be more appropriate. For oh sure. Oh my god! Now I'm just imagining like a crowd of salacious people, like, "Yeah, break that ladder." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it could also, yeah, it could be a prop, like you know how they have to, like, um, you know, when people like break stuff in movies or whatever, it's because like the legs of the chair have been like three quarters mm, sawed mm-hmm. through. Mm. Oh, that's another market that you could sell this Ooh, to, like professional wrestlers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, professional wrestlers, movie sets, Chippendale dancers. I think we're really expanding I'm here. Better about this product. Yeah, <laughs> not too, only that, actually. I, I'll I'll throw in another offer for you. Tony has a squad of Decal soldiers who will install the ladder for you with his military-like commands if you agree to buy the product. <laughs> oh wow, I like that. Yeah, and plus, if it is supposed to be breakable, no one can sue us because we literally told them that it was breakable. <laughs> yeah, the only breakable ladder. <laughs> so I've I've come to my decision that I will um, fund this through a shell corporation so that I am <laughs> free of legal liability. Yeah, the shell is as broken as the rungs of the ladder. Yeah. 
I love that. I love that. Um, I'm not that smart, um, so I'm just going to invest. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Well, Tony leaves a much happier man. He may not get $2 million this season, but he certainly has a deal he can take to the bank. Let's go a bit old school here, though. I talked about watching Survivor Borneo. This is a throwback. Super Bowl 2020. A new take on an old classic. Pierce the seas like your nipples. With the Super Bowl 2020 from Dr. Sean Kniff. Wow, it, that's a does, real throwback. Does it come with all the accessories A to Z? Yes, exactly. It's the the in the alphabet of homemade fishing poles, this one always comes first. <laughs> so can you walk through maybe some of the are there updated features, I guess, now that it's Super Bowl 2020? Well, so I think it's really going for the green standard. You know, it did use a piece of styrofoam previously as a float. We know that's not good. So I think they've sort of upgraded here to more of a a rubber lure. But the basic construct is still the same, namely a big old piece of bamboo with another piece as a little bit of a a spindle to reel things in. Yeah. Yeah, I feel less good about this one. (laughs) Oddly enough. (laughs) Yeah, shockingly. Yeah. Uh, Has anyone ever been able to catch a fish? With no, but I would say what it lacks for in functionality, <laughs> it makes up for in style. I mean, it is probably one of the sleekest looking poles I've seen. You could like tape it to a wall and send it to Art Basel. See what happens. <laughs> mm, that's true. It can make a good amount of money there. Yeah, you can make your right? money back. A yeah. quarter of a million dollars. Uh, okay, I have a question. Is it breakable? I see it is everything a long is breakable. Piece. What's yeah, on? I mean, what? if, Technically. if you apply enough force, uh, I feel like you know, it is the first the first prototype was burned, unfortunately, in the Survivor Borneo finale. So they've tried to do a little bit of retooling. So it's not an exact duplicate. It's more so a copy of a copy. Is it like a refurbished laptop? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they definitely have tried to use hunks of it to refurbish okay. it. But I mean, listen, Dr. Sean is uh, he might be, you know, a, a doctor, but he's no rocket scientist. This is not exactly the most sleekly designed thing but damn if it doesn't have Mm -hmm. good branding you know Mm -hmm. it's the only one that you could bring to the bowling alley i i I respect your pitch um good sir and yet i'm still out is there only one (laughs) that's actually a very good question (laughs) there is only one because i'm thinking if we can sell it as some sort of memorabilia we might be able to make some money. However, I don't think that whatever I would pay for it, I would be able to make back. So I think I'm with Rourke on this one. I think I'm out as well. Oh, another failure for Dr. Sean Kniff as he <laughs> so tries close. to bring Super Pole into the new decade. But maybe he'll try again in another 10 years. Here's our next product. Yeah, that stuff he- just appreciates. It's fine. Of course. But let's hope this next product will get some success here. The S-Phone 12. S as in Shane Powers. Now we know that in Survivor Panama, Shane occupied his time by turning a piece of driftwood mm-hmm. into a Blackberry. And yes, this is the only non-functioning phone that you can use to perhaps weed off your phone addiction. Look, there's a lot of think pieces out there nowadays, whether it's addictions to smoking or technology. It's the perfect thing to keep your hands busy and less focused on revolving your your world around what goes on on that screen. Um, I love this one. I think you could market it as an alternative to, say, like a fidget spinner. I completely um, agree. 
Yep. Um, I think that you, you know, you tap into like the mindfulness cr- uh, crowd, the, uh, the meditations. Um, I, this is this is a real winner. Mm. Uh, Mike, have you noticed your son trying to grab the fo- like your phone? Oh, he he has. Not only that, he started swiping through <gasps> my phone at this oh, point. That's insane. That's terrifying. Yeah, he's going to get on Tinder sooner or later. And that's really when things are going to get let loose. <laughs> Okay, then I think you need this for your son. So for the sanctity of <laughs> all that is your child's childhood, we must invest in this. <laughs> so we can give Asher a fake phone to placate him until he's grown an, uh, grown up enough to be on Tinder. I might legitimately do that, actually. I might, like, give him a fake phone because he's definitely been grabbing for that in, like, remotes. So, like, clearly he's already obsessed with technology and I want to keep him as far, you know, maybe I should invest him in Survivor as soon as possible so he spends his time away from technology for a while. Yeah. I I legit have my old Blackberry. Does he want it? <laughs> it's a Virgin I, Mobile Blackberry. I mean, I don't know. I my, actually have a Blackberry too. Ten years I'm not ago. sure how discerning anyway. my 10-month-old son is with phone types, but sure, I'll take the offer. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be into it. It's the Blackberry curve. <laughs> his first words are going to be like, iPhone Pro 11 or bust. Yeah, exactly. Like night mode. <laughs> I, I I think this, I personally think this is a very viable product. I think it's very portable. So you can take it anywhere, whether you're on your thinking stump or whether you have to take a friend in a stretcher while you're naked. Like it really is a suitable for all occasions. Mm, bring it into the Casa de Charmin. <laughs> exactly. While you're there, housing yeah. a bottle of wine. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so what are we thinking here, Sharks? Oh, definitely in. Uh, I'm in as well. All right, so thank you, Shane. Shane Powers, you don't need to give us any sort of speech. You've gotten your product. Can't wait to see what happens. Here's this next one. We're thinking a little bit larger here. We mentioned bunkers in the very beginning of the podcast or what they might be defined as. This is the Saboga Bunker, the only patented in-ground beach shelter on the market, made by the one and only guest of Rob Cesarino this week, Rupert Bonham. Ooh, interesting. Like another proven failure. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, within every failure is a success, depending on what you need. Think about it. If, if you want a nice naturalistic element to be part of your decor, boom, there's a giant tree root in the middle of your floor. Mm-hmm. Is it a hot mm-hmm. summer day and you want to go swimming, but you don't want to leave the confines of your home? Just wait for high tide and the water is going to come in and then you have a little bit of like a hot tub thing going on. Yeah, people are into water features. So what, who, what do I know? Mm, interesting. Now, uh, do you have to pay insurance on that? You're not going to be able to obtain that. So don't bother. <laughs> we do not that into prov- your budget. Yeah, we do not provide insurance for your region. Yeah, yeah we should also say yeah, this is not technically like architecturally signed off on. The one architect who saw it replied, no, 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 no. <laughs> So I think that, you know, it's not exactly uh, it's a little bit more of a black market type of thing, but that has its own allure. That's a good point. Now, can we Tony's ladder this? How can we repurpose uh, the washing away underground bunker? Mm, Mermaids. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Unicorns. Yeah, I was going to say our response, our, our Tony saving grace was not reliant on magical elements. Right. Beyond Mike. Yet. There was Magic Mike yeah, going exactly. on with the breakaway ladder. Uh I mean, if you're looking for what needs to be consistently drenched, 
I feel like, you know, a mermaid might be a good choice. Maybe like a, if you're wanting to like uh, make an underground garden or something, that could be a good way to water your plants without needing to worry about it. Uh, yeah, maybe sort of like yeah. a um, like a greenhouse, but mm. for sea plants. Yeah, like, or like a pot, a pot farmer. That's too much water, I think. And it has to be the right amount of water. And it's salt water. Is that bad? Yeah, that can't be good. <laughs> be very salty. Uh, yeah, I don't know Ooh. about this one. How about how about uh, like a, a an in-house aquarium? You know, like the fish are going to get trapped there and you'll be able to sort of have them swimming around from time to time. Oh, like so it could sort of become miniaturized to fit in a home. Or my other thought was, you know how Sandra put out that net? Why put out a net when you could just build a little house and then the fish get trapped there when it yeah. goes from high tide to low tide? Okay. Let the fish come to you. Uh, seems like a lot of work when you could just put out a net, but, you know, maybe you want a roof. You want to protect the fish. Well, I think, you know, if you build your campsite near the bunker, you have this one-stop shop where you can catch the fish cut it up and eat it right there, you know, without any travel required. Right. Wash your pots, um, get stuck in the very wet sand. It's just, it's mm. all right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a no for me, dog. Yeah, same. Uh, all right. Well, Ru- Rupert, unfortunately, so much for your dreams. Saboga <laughs> Bunker is underwater at this point. Let's finish off here with actually not only an alum of Survivor, but an alum of Shark Tank. As well, uh, oh. Dr. Enna Ma from Survivor South Pacific was sure. on Shark Tank. Oh, wow. She uh, put out a product called Bear Ease, which I believe was, uh, was an anesthetic for people who get bikini waxes. But she is back with a new product that wow. she likes to call Mail Hat, the only wearable literature. Uh, she was able to take the tree mail from Survivor South Pacific and fashion it into a visor. Here you can take any sort of literature that you want to mm-hmm. and turn it into the brim of a cap. Yep. So it's the it's the first hands-free reading device. Essentially. I'm very in on this. I think that in our um, modern society of hashtag fake news, of um, hashtag um, women's marches, I think that this could be big. Hmm. Now, the other thing that you could do with it, too, is it's not just adults. You can have the child's version, too. You know, you do a craft, right? Take, hmm. uh, make your hat with your child or whatnot, right? That could also be an option for this product. Right. And I guess you could also do in a variant that's sort of like a dry erase board where you can, like, write your shopping list on it. You know, Ooh, write your to-do list. Very good. Yeah, I would like this that. Is, this might be the best idea so far. Better than the breakaway ladder. <laughs> I know, it's a real high bar to clear, and that bar then promptly breaks when you step on it. Yeah, I have a feeling like Rourke might actually invest in this with her non-shell company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, you can get the full. You can enjoy the full um, uh, financial power of my real yeah. corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of options here. The checks right, so- aren't signed, you know, from the. Um, uh, the like offshore accounts, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the offshore accounts LLC. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not they're not signed by wife Ashley CEO. <laughs> <laughs> totally a real person. All right, so I think you know I, I think we should go in here on mail hat, and it's good because Enna also promises that every single mail hat is blessed by God, true to the the motto of her tribe. So oh. I think we have the big man on our side as well. Oh wow! Well, there we go. All right, so we're closing up the Shark Tank here. I think, you know, you, you guys made a good haul. 
you ended up uh, netting the llama ladder from Tony Vlacos for your various male stripper slash wrestler needs. Uh, you have the S-Phone 12 from Shane Powers, and you have Dr. Endemaz male hat. I think a pretty good haul overall. Yeah, I think we made the right choices. And I think we dodged a lot of bullets, which is also totally. very important. Which you could hide out from in your underground Saboga bunker. <laughs> right. That we, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Are you guys watching McMillions? I've, I've watched, I'm in the middle of the second episode. Okay, the first episode really was, such a, was such a big is, twist, and I'm like, I need to keep watching. Wait, is it, okay, is it done yet? No. Okay, because I really, I know I'm going to want to binge it. And so I'm trying to not start it until. Yeah, after. you need to wait two more weeks then. Yes. Okay. That's my current plan. Okay. Yeah, because something about the offshore accounts and the wife, Ashley, like triggered that in me. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like you, really see, good. you see a big like uh, FBI cork board of like, who is wife, Ashley? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uncle Jerry. <laughs> Highly recommend. Uh, uh, okay, so now that we have our portfolio, let's move on to one final discussion question of something I was thinking about. So I uh, actually saw this comment on Casual's Corner, and I think it's a legitimate question. So the, the comment was, why did they make Sarah work so freaking hard just to get a steal a vote, and she still had to pay for it with her fire token when Sandra and Jeremy were just handed their advantage after paying for it? So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, yeah, on sort of this breakdown and why, and, and also really a steal a vote. You're, I mean, I get it. Oh, you have to go steal it because it's a steal a vote. But still, Sandra just got a freaking idol for doing nothing but paying for it. So anyway, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. So Rourke, it seems like, yeah, it seems like you have some opinions here. Yeah, I think um, it would be better as a choice. Like keep mm. your, keep your money and take the risk or sacrifice your fire token and you don't have to deal with the, um, the risk. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like, you know, oh, you're, uh, this, this was in Hitch, okay? So, <laughs> but they went to go pay, you know, they went to a cooking class and then there was a comment was like, oh, we're paying to cook our own dinner. I feel like you guys need to have a disclosure up top that this is actually a Hitch podcast. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a secret Hitch podcast disguised as a survivor podcast. <laughs> all i've ever wanted you guys uh all right so so that's what it kind of feels like it's like oh sarah had to go pay to go get her thing like shouldn't she just get it yeah well i mean we we talked about this a bit last season too right like the varying tests between vince having to sneak into camp and dean getting to flip a coin right to get an advantage like they just it seems like the test just you think they'd escalate but they just sort of very out of nowhere. I know. I guess if they do escalate, I don't know what the hell's going to happen in episode four for the person to get their advantage. They're going to have to like sneak under Jeff Probe's butt at tribal council to grab an idol from him. And it costs two fire tokens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get the opportunity to grab an idol sitting under Jeff Probe's for three fire tokens. Yeah. Well, speaking of rule. Oh, yeah. Rourke, sorry, oh, I, was go ahead. Say, I do like the risk stuff. Like I have. Has it happened since Cambodia? Like, I really like the idols in the challenges thing. So they mm. did it in Game Changers with Troy Zan, and they did it this oh, past right. season once once as well. So they've only done oh, it okay, a couple okay. times, but I agree that it's been surprisingly sparse with hiding idols. Maybe they are concerned that, like, if they do it too much, people are just going to stop doing the challenges and just blatantly hunt for idols. But yeah, they've been, you know, surprisingly conservative with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. That's yeah. a good, that's a good risk that I enjoyed. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I think that's a lot of fun. Maybe you could pay for the clue 
to know where it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it all like gets wrapped in. Yeah. But there's also then the concept of the idols because I was trying to figure this out. Okay, so in order to keep the idol, so you have the, the, the two the idol pieces, right? And then you had to give one piece by sundown to someone else. But then mm-hmm. you could get it right back the next morning. Yeah, it was, it was sort yeah. of like you have, basically you have to bequeath the idol half to somebody that you think you can trust and just hope that they give the idol back to you. And we, we saw a little bit of like the tempestuousness of that in season eight, right? With David being like, I don't know if I want to give you the piece back. And I think that's sort of what they're hoping for. Obviously not what we got in this episode with Adam just sort of being like, oh yeah, it's your idol, Denise. Here you go. Okay, but it was just overnight that it had to be in someone else's hands? No, she, yeah, they had to. They just ha- they had to give the piece away by sundown, and then that person can choose to give the half back anytime they want to, or they can choose not to give it back. It's just that Adam immediately gave oh, it back. That the right. timing was a little weird. I actually don't. I actually, which I and I don't hate that idea. The um, I, I like the concept I, yeah, I completely of like agree. You have to expose yourself, and the other person sort of has to expose themselves too, and how they react to it. And so, like, I I like that. Could you give it to somebody and then they say, okay, and give it right back to you? Is that allowed? Um, I mean, probably. Maybe they were like just wanted to hang on to it, you know, separately unless like something big happens and then, you know, then they'll be able to reunite them. But I guess they feasibly could. Maybe there's like a minimum period where they, the idols have to be apart or something. I agree with Rock though. I like the concept just because I feel like any fundamental twist should involve choice in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And there's a choice here in, like, actually strategically picking who to pick. I feel like the perfect version of this would just be to hide the two halves separately in the jungle. And so then it becomes another game as to, like, not only finding the other half, Ooh, but I find like out that. who has the other half. Yeah, like and finding then you each have to other. Out, yeah, how to put those two together. I yeah, like yeah, I like that, too. That would be a lot of fun. I think, regardless, I would like some terms and conditions <laughs> for all of these uh uh, twists and and advantages and things. Also, like, just, some of them, it. some of them have expiration dates. At, like some are really time right. sensitive, and uh, yeah, it is a lot. It would, uh, you know, how they started putting, you know, one immunity idol uh, in the lower third, or mm-hmm. to kind of like write down whatever we have. I want then the little asterisks, and then it's kind of like in the pharmaceutical commercials where it's the you know uh, uh, side effects may include blah 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 I want all yes. the little rules <laughs> there, I, right it's there so the funny that's where you went because right as you started talking I was like do not take Zeljans if you are allergic to yeah. Zeljans <laughs> exactly that's what I want I want that so you just want mini text on the bottom behind one immunity idol describing the circumstances of the idol that they have. Sure. Or it could even be like the commercials, like Rourke uh, so beautifully demonstrated, where you just, they find the idol and then it's, you got the little sort of side effects list. So just what Jeff narrating just, over it? Yeah. As like, you're walking into tribal, like, as a reminder, Sandra possesses this thing. It can do this, this, and this, and it expires after this date. Yeah. See? Ta-da. <laughs> well, that's again, that's uh, something I've been watching. I'm in watching Borneo. Call us. J- Jeff it. actually does that a bit in Survivor Borneo, which I forgot about. Like going into tribal council, he'll narrate being like, BB has gone on the wrong side of the tribe oh, where wow. Ramona has gotten shit sick. Who's going to be voted out tonight? Like he, I wonder if, if he brings that back and is able to sort of remind everybody what advantages everybody has. See, there's precedent for it. Exactly. I guess it's the president like George Washington president if you brought him back today, but president nonetheless. (laughs) And his wooden teeth, too. 
Is that exactly. real? Was that real or is that just one of those? Myths I believe that, that like, was fake. Ah, okay. Yeah, the woman, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that'll be the next advantage is wooden tea that you could use to eat anything. <laughs> nom nom. Oh my gosh. When they were, they had the shark and was it Sandra or Tony who, was, who said something about, oh, let me look at its teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, Tony did and he poked it and he pretended to like be pinched by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he was so scared that he like subliminally thought those teeth were like razor sharp. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I got um, a crab, like affixed itself to me. <laughs> Um, and I still have a scar on my thumb. It really hurt. <laughs> oh man! What, wait, what happened? Were you guys? Were you just in the water, and then all of a sudden it just like went? Nah. No, it had made its way up to camp, and it was somewhere. And I was like removing it, or I, like I was moving it somewhere, and um, I did it poorly. <laughs> and just it, like and Tony. It, it got me. It yeah, fully I mean, got we- me. Well, we only saw we saw your fellow season cast member Patrick Bolton deal with crabs uh, that were like pinching him. I did not know that was a widespread affliction. Yeah, yeah, that got me. It was yeah, a little little nip on my thumb. It's really fun. (laughs) Sweet, sweet mums. Let's move into the question of the week here because it also deals with methods that might involve uh, some physical scars. In that, we asked the listeners. What's your method to get breadfruit out of a tree? Are we going the Yule method with the noose on the pole? Are we going the Tony method with the stripper ladder? Let's hear what some of you listeners have to say. Let's start with Logan, who says, I always say one of three items I would bring on Survivor is a hockey stick so I can invent beach hockey. But now I can use it to take slap shots at the trees to knock down the breadfruit with my tremendous shots. Tasty Tasty and Canadian. That takes a lot of skill. To shoot well, them down? That would be really impressive. Well, I was confused because I thought for a second he was just going to bash at the tree with the ah. hockey stick until I realized that, no, he was shooting things at the tree. Yes, I think it's the... <laughs> I was going to yeah, say so the ladder. He's using it as, like, a golf club. Yes, right. Not, But, again, not bashing the tree with the golf club. Like right. Shooting stuff at, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad says, I would steal some elastic rope from the challenge and go back to camp and create a slingshot. Copyright. No chance there. The art department's letting you take that. But yeah, go. I was I was always wondering if like people would try to pocket things from challenges to make into idols. I know that Dr. Mike tried to make a fake idol with stuff from the marooning. Yeah. I'm just imagining the tribes like raiding the challenge setups, just rah, trying yeah. to like steal yeah, the yeah, rope yeah. and go back to, yeah, not going to happen. Uh, but they said if they were to create the slingshot, they would take the elastic rope and use rocks, coconuts, or something similar to knock down the breadfruit Angry Bird style. So you need the For pigs. that matter, just take a slingshot from a challenge then. Oh, yeah, what I guess they do use slingshots. Slings. Yeah, like they one of the definitely use slings- slingshots. <laughs> I don't know how you would smuggle that, though. Yeah, they're always the no, giant. You'd have to boldly excavate it and remove it. If you do it with enough confidence, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, oh, if you, yeah. If, you, if yeah. you walk out of the challenge with your head held high, nobody will stop you. It is proven. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, what are you doing? You're like, I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Yep. Taking it back. Yep. See you back at camp. Bye. <laughs> <sighs> John John says a MacGyver way to get breadfruit is to grab a long bamboo, a machete, and a rope, and tie the machete oh, handle no. to the bamboo and use it as like a tree pole trimmer. Uh, no. <laughs> Literally no. Is it too dangerous? Yeah. 
That, no, that what thing is, is dangerous about tying a sharp object to a long <laughs> stick and swinging it around over your head? <laughs> oh my god, that's such a bad idea. On a side note, MacGyver is still on TV, you guys. <laughs> like the TV show, the new one, it's on Fridays. So Wait, it's a death a slot. One? Yeah, um, it started during big one of the Big Brother seasons, right? Yeah, it, start, it started, uh, I think, oh my god, I want to say like four or five years ago at this point. Yeah, it's like a reboot of MacGyver. Uh, can I say that last oh. night I had a dream I was MacGyver? Oh. What? Uh, and not only that, but I had a man bun. <gasps> Wait, this is concerning. Continue. <laughs> I mean, the dream was that I was like put on this mission to assemble things, and for some reason, I had really long hair that was tied up in this into this messy man bun. I guess did it's you, a complete. Did you feel that that was the true you? I felt oddly at peace with it. Wow. Huh. Well, I, I mean, I thought I thought I looked pretty good. But I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Totally. I, think I, like I also, I also, I'm pretty sure that like I blew up whatever establishment I was not supposed to blow up, up with my MacGyver skills. <laughs> Run it by the wife, Ashley. See what she thinks. Well, the problem is my hair grows out, not down. Ew. So, like, I mm-hmm. think it would have to be like I can't even imagine how you turn a Jufro into a man bun. That feels like an impossibility. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, Miracles have happened. Hmm. But I like it because like neither Richard Dean Anderson nor I think the new MacGyver have man buns. So. You know, like some. Oh, you know what? I was. I guess I was connecting somewhere. it to like maybe my brain connected it to Survivor MacGyver, oh, which was the term oh. for Joey Amazing. Mm. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, well, I hope that you learned something about yourself, Mike. And let's uh, maybe the, I'll they'll recast to Man Bun MacGyver, and that's when I'll really make my once I d- <laughs> ingest more of these uh, odd fruits in Fiji, I'll have my full Man Bun powers activated. <gasps> oh my god! And their hair fruit. <gasps> oh boy. It all fits. It really it, does. It all connects like the movie Hitch. Just <laughs> like Hitch. <laughs> Can I tell you guys, um, I was on a date the other night and I was like, oh, this is never going to work. Um, I asked him what his favorite <laughs> movie was and he said it was MacGruber. <gasps> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was really bleak. Oh, I you poor thing. want to meet this person who sincerely says their favorite movie is MacGruber. <laughs> no, I responded. I was like, oh, ha ha ha. What's your really favorite movie? <gasps> <laughs> like, oh my god what are they michael scott so bad oh that's so bad that's so a, but good. See, then at least you know you're like okay this is never gonna work exactly. let me just get out of here and he's like why what's yours and i'm like i don't know pulp fiction 2001 space odyssey like name one <laughs> not mcgruber oh. yeah that, this, oh. that would be like their fun fact if they ever went on a game show right of like name me one fact about you whether on jeopardy well my favorite movie is the 2010 will forte vehicle mcgruber <laughs> yes no that's more like a next bus type clue totally <laughs> So Elizabeth says, as a dance instructor who dabbles in cheerleading, I would convince my tribe I know what I'm doing and teach them how to make a cheerleading stunt slash pyramid to lift another tribe member into the air to collect breadfruit. I would strategically not use myself at the base. Well, as someone who's watched cheer, I'm now an expert in cheer. Mm, mm -hmm. And as I've learned, the pyramid is literally the hardest part. So I'm questioning the strategy. 
Mm. Although it would build a lot of teamwork, I think. So it might help you in challenges down the line. Although you may also get several injuries, which yeah. would not help you in the challenges yeah. down the line. I mean, it could you could also make like a human ladder, which I found a really interesting element of this challenge. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed yeah, this where the first thing was they had used the ladder to climb up to the thing. And then Jeff did this thing of, okay, now you have to make a ladder, but with people. It just was a really weird way to put it because now it had this really weird image in my mind of like a ladder made out of body parts. It's, oh God, no. That reminds he, me of the worst movie ever. MacGruber? Uh, MacGruber? Talk about it. Not only that. No, the gross one with humans. I don't want to talk about it. Um, that So Mike, that actually stood out to me too. He also said you have to get up, you know, no rope, only humans. Yeah, that's like, who says that? Are you human, Jeff? Like these are not normal people words. You humans must use your bodies with only two limbs to climb up the, the wall. Human to human. Like, oh, what? Parker Schimmler says, I just built an air cannon as a demonstration for my classes. I think that would be suitable to shoot breadfruit out of a tree with. I don't know where you're going to get the parts, but I like the idea. I mean, I think you could smuggle those from a challenge. Yeah, right. Classic. <sighs> Dan Sinensky actually gives a step-by-step instruction here. One, put on a pair of stilts. Two, change into a longer pair of stilts. You can lean against a tree while you're changing. Three, repeat step two until you can reach breadfruit or, I don't know, spring-loaded shoes. <gasps> that reminds me. Did you guys know, the, okay, the moon shoes, those like mm-hmm. purple shoes that you would strap yourself into? I never had them. I wanted them so bad as a kid. But you should have gone on to one of those I- game shows that's coming back on Quiddy because then you could actually, I feel like that was one of the big cri- prizes that they used. I don't even remember what those are. They're like these purple. Okay, so they're these purple ovals that sort of have like, I don't know, trampoline-ish material in them. But you like strap your foot into the... So the oval is much bigger than your foot. They're kind of like snowshoes, maybe, but they're bouncy. So Yeah, it's sort of like a sandal that's like suspended above like a... a, Like it basically is, is suspended about like six or so inches in the air so that when you step down on it, your shoes, your feet go down and then bounce. So then you could theoretically bounce. It's like walking on a trampoline uh, permanently. Well, that sounds dangerous, but fun. <laughs> Which I think is a reason why they do not exist today. Great. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, more or less dangerous than Tony's Ladder. Uh, which is Whoa. a name of, of a fun movie, I'm assuming. A picture has just appeared in the chat. That's a, that's what those are insane. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost like wonder can... if those would be like. I could bet you that's going to be some like um, Gen Z uh, workout trend. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah, bring it back. Yeah, because I feel like trampolines were like a workout style for some time, right? Like I remember a good amount of time when people would like keep tramp- small trampolines in their homes to do workout videos. Exactly. And- now, yes. now they can be able to like work out on the go using your moon shoes. It's like the opposite of Heelys. <laughs> moon shoes for adults. <laughs> Let's see. Put it in the Rourke Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Someone invest. I need them. Uh, finally, let's go to Jonathan Troyer, who does his own little Survivor MacGyver thing. I would combine some bamboo, coconuts, ocean water, and Hanna-Barbera magic to make a drone that could whack the breadfruit out of the tree survivor drones they're not just delivering milk anymore 
Right. I mean, if we if we can add magic to the game, that's sure. Hell yeah, that just opens up a whole Hell new world yeah, of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's not fair. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, so you know, I think I'll probably use a little bit of twine and maybe some bamboo. Oh, and magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not fair. <laughs> I think you could use magic, but only once. Like if uh. everyone is sort of like the this, the conceit of like, okay, everyone in Survivor is given an idol in the beginning of the game. If you give the Survivor contestants each the ability to use magic once in the game, I wonder what would happen. Hmm. Okay, well, are there, there are no limitations because it's magic, right? Exactly. Oh, so, I would, that should be a question in the bios for Survivor. You're allowed to use magic. Well, well listen, yes. if I go out on set again, yes. I may just ask people say, if you're yeah, allowed totally. to use magic once in the game. What do you do with it? That's such a good question. I would love that. I, w- I will it to be. Oh, boy. Well, what you will will be done or what shall be bequeathed. Uh, next week's question of the week. So the Edge of Extinction has brought about some very unique clues. Last week was the acrostic poem that led to the water well. This time was count the shells on the friendship bracelets to figure out the combination. So I want you all out there to come up with your own edge of extinction clues that can lead someone to a location. For instance, I'll throw one out here. Uh, you play a game of MASH, where once you cross ah, off a certain combination of words, fun. you'll get a, a sentence that leads you to where you need to go. I like that a lot. That's a really creative one. So you have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us with this information. You can always tweet it to us using the hashtag RHAPBNB. You can always email it to us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. Post it anywhere you want to, we'll usually be able to find it using our our bamboo drones or what have you. We'll be reviewing it all next week with our next guest, Matt Ligori, making his Survivor B&B debut. We had him on for the Big Brother B&B. He was so much fun. Of course, he's doing his own great stuff uh, on RHAP with the power rankings with Victoria and Gavin. So we're pulling him out of the power rankings to do some nonsense here. But for now, Rourke, this was an unbelievably fun time here with you on the B&B. As the great Hitch says, life is not about the amount of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. And I feel like my breath got taken away so many times over the course of talking with you. A hundred percent. I've, um, I've felt the, uh, the thrill of a tie, um, the crush of a defeat. Um, and I've laughed a lot. This was really fun. And you have several products to take home as well that you have equity in. Yeah, I'm I'm this is a this turned out to be a real money making venture for me. So <laughs> presumably yeah, money presumably. <laughs> yeah, fire tokens, I guess, in terms of money. Uh four hundred and seven of them. Four hundred and seventy of them. Did you just say that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh so Rourke, correct me if I'm wrong, you're you are uh taking a yachtist from social media, correct? Um, so I'm on Instagram, but that's it. I'm Twitter is just like too emotionally overwhelming and I've never had a Facebook. So here we are. So if, if people want to check out what you may be doing, how can people follow you on Instagram? Um, on Instagram, I'm at R-E-V-L-1-2. I like to think I'm like kind of funny on stories sometimes. Um, yeah, that's about it. Liana, you have got your own wealth load of podcasts going on at the moment. Enlighten us as to what you've been up to. Yes. So uh, Puya Zambakili and I are doing the Masked Singer coverage. So we just talked about 
think we're on episode five now, uh, breaking everything down for the insanity that is The Masked Singer. And then I'm also doing RuPaul's Drag Race, which is back, baby. Season 12 just premiered, as I discussed. And then I watched Hitch. Yes, the real Hitch opener. (laughs) Yes, the uh, really, yes, just the intro to what I truly was most excited about yesterday. Uh, And uh, so we're going to talk about that with uh, Brent Walgamont and Amon Adwin. And that is it for me. And you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the other scripted shows I'm podcasting about Lost Down the Hatch every week with Josh Wiggler and Star Trek Picard every week with Jessica Lee. On the Survivor writing front, I had a very fun interview this week with T-Bird talking about all the heartbreak from Ethan's elimination, trying to put everything together as to what may have happened and what Ethan's chances are of coming back. And as a bit of a tease, I might also have another interview for you all coming out as well. Be sure you follow it all. Parade.com slash tag slash Survivor. Also writing about Australian Survivor as well on True Dark Times. And I'll be appearing with my good friend Shannon Gus on the Australian Survivor recap this week as we near merge time because Australian Survivor is about 70 episodes ahead of, of Survivor 40 at this point. So we're living in so many temporal places with Survivor, but it's, it's a great time to be alive. <laughs> Truly a great time to be. And this is all stars. This is winners at war. Wow. Exactly. We just need to say that every few seconds for those that might have just tuned in uh, at an opportune moment here. But that's going to do it for the B&B. If you have any game ideas that you want to suggest, write them into us. RHAPBNB at gmail.com or, or tweet them at us. We are so receptive to talk about anything and everything. If this podcast is any indication. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing all this behind the scenes. Paul Oselson, our head writer, and Will from America for our fantastic theme song. We'll be back next week with Matt Ligori breaking down episode four of Survivor Winners at War. But for now, we'll check you out at your next stay. Mike and Liana gather playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Sounds cool, I can tell you the name.